You're listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the Internet to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web shapes popular opinion, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com. Veteran New York Times columnist David Carr goes on the record online. Influence is the only metric where blogs really come up roses. Well, hello, and thank you for downloading this episode of On the Record Online, uh, the podcast that brings you the story behind the story. My name is Eric Schwartzman. I host the show. If this is your first time listening, uh, I am the managing director of a public relations agency in Los Angeles called Schwartzman and Associates, uh, which I launched in '99. That I was uh, the head of the promotions department at Rogers and Cowan, uh, which is the uh, largest entertainment agency in the world and the largest agency west of the Mississippi in all categories. It is owned by Weber Shanwick. Uh, I am also the founder and chairman of iPressroom Corporation. Uh, iPressroom Corporation uh, provides tools and services for integrating the web into marketing communications and PR initiatives. Uh, we have a uh, online press room uh, uh, offering. Uh, we also build microsites, uh, record podcasts, and and uh, provide services to help uh, with the strategic integration of blogs, podcasts, search engine optimization, video on demand, audio on demand, email marketing, um, and other uh, web-based initiatives, RSS, what have you, uh, into mainstream uh, consumer uh, and uh, business-to-business uh, media relations or communications campaigns. Um, I also am involved with a number of other professional development opportunities that if you're interested enough to download this program, you'll probably be interested in as well. Uh, I host a monthly teleseminar for the Public Relations Society of America uh, called Meet the Media. And uh, this upcoming month, um, uh, June uh, 28th, I'm sorry, scratch that, on June 26th, um, we'll be doing a uh, Meet the Media panel with op-ed editors. And we've lined up uh, Dan Hertzberg. He is the senior deputy managing editor over at the Wall Street Journal editorial board. We have Dorothy Samuels. She is an editorial page writer at the New York Times and Susan Brenneman, who is the deputy op-ed editor of the Los Angeles Times, and we are going to talk to them about how they uh, work, how they decide what to cover, and how they like to work with uh, people in PR, or how they don't like to work with people in PR. Uh, I've also been asked to speak at the um, Cable and Telecommunications um, Association for Marketing. Uh, They're having their uh, uh, summit uh, in D.C. on July 23rd, I'll be presenting there on the subject of new media. And I've been asked by the Public Relations Society of America uh, National uh, Chapter, the Professional Development Division, to put together a new media PR boot camp for them. Uh, This is going to be a very different type of uh, uh, workshop than than what we usually participate in. Rather than talk about strategy, we're going to um, actually show you how to use a number of Web 2.0 tools that have, have, have popped up. Now, you can obviously teach yourself to use these tools yourself, uh, but if you're looking to sort of accelerate your learning curve and come up to speed very quickly 
on a, a broad swath of tools and services that are available, Web 2.0 tools and services. Uh, this could be a good way to do it. We're going to do that September 13th and 14th in New York City. That's a Thursday, Friday, uh, so you can stick around for the weekend and have some fun. It's a good time of year to be in New York. could be actually when the leaves change. Let's hope, let's hope it is in the park. Um, so now I am going to play for you the uh, uh, episode with uh, David Carr, the interview with David Carr. Uh, as always, it comes to you entirely unedited after this. Don't be left behind. Get the latest online PR tools and services from my press room. Powerful, easy to use, available on demand. Extend your sphere of influence online with iPressroom, tools for online media centers, virtual private press rooms, RSS news feeds, podcasts, and more at www.ipressroom.com. iPressroom, always on, even when you're off. David Carr, thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure, Eric. Now, you've been reporting on the business of media for 25 years. How has your job changed with the introduction of the Internet? Well, that, that you know, when I first got into the business, was filing on the stone tablets. It was obviously a little more effort. To, I, I was a less wordy writer when I worked with the chisel and stone. Now that it's just dots on screen, you know, I can reach for whatever random adjective I want and just plop it in there and... Um, after all, it's just pixels, no big deal. Um, what? Not much actually changed in media for the first 20 years. I covered it on and off. And then, I guess two or three years ago, what changed is not so much deal flow as platform flow. You have networks coming off a 50-year-old business model and selling their shows on iTunes. I mean, I, that, that, I just thought that was a remarkable moment in culture. You have the music business attenuating under the weight of uh, file sharing. You have television and movies sitting behind it with fatter files that will probably soon be traded just as easily. And I think all the sticks are very much in the air. Um, you can't. There's there is no predicting. Nobody nobody would have said you know a couple months ago. Oh, there's a really good chance that Rupert Murdoch will buy the Wall Street Journal. Nobody would have said that. In in your column uh, last week, you wrote uh, you know when it comes to meta analysis on breaking issues, the web seems better suited to Paris Hilton than patient safety. Uh, what did you mean by that? Well. You know, there was this huge story about Avandia, which happens to be a drug for type 2 diabetics, which which, which I'm on. And um, I just, I think of the web as a place with abundant databases and places where theories can be tested. But if you look around and start drilling into an issue like that that's got some controversy attached, you find out that opinion is just as polarized and full of hyperbole as it is about the next election or about the last episode of The Sopranos, that I really couldn't row my way to a good understanding or drill my way to an understanding, uh, a good solid one, of whether I should be on this drug or not. 
obviously, you know, something you've written about quite a bit, something we all know about, you know, the newspaper business is struggling. And uh, I, I guess what I took away from your column was that there is a lot of value in editorial oversight. Um, and when we get to the web and we get to blogs, obviously we do see this sort of polarization. Um, and at the same time, you know, you were the first blogger at the New York Times. So, I mean, how, first of all, my, my first question is, you know, when a, when a, when the gray lady decides it's going to blog, uh, how does that affect the credibility of the masthead? Right. Um, well, I know that people say I was the first blogger, and I think I've said it, but I've heard since that <coughs> Kit Seeley blogged about the uh, election in '04, and that... Uh, Nick Kristoff uh, blogged as well. Let's just say that I was one of the earlier bloggers at the Times. And in terms of that being uh, a very fine way to sort of tarnish a long-standing media brand, we really haven't found that to be the case. Um, I don't... um, The standards that I work with when I'm blogging, in this case about the Oscars, it's not about world peace, let's face it, um, are not dissimilar to the ones I have for the newspaper, and I'm very conscious of the fact that um, even though I'm competing with and in conversation with people who might work to very idiosyncratic or, 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 or occasionally silly standards of what's published or not, that really is not the case for me. Whatever, whatever chip they have in terms of what the standards are here has been fairly well baked into my backside such that I got through two seasons of the Oscars and I didn't, I don't think I got the paper in trouble. I'm pretty sure I didn't get in trouble, although maybe there's somebody upstairs with a big list with like 10 check marks next to it. Um, um, and we didn't end up arguing about it that much. Uh, um, I mean, one time I can remember I, I wanted to link to a scene. Uh, this was last year, year before last. Um, there was a scene from Brokeback Mo- Mountain in which uh, uh, I think it's Jake Gyllenhaal comes over the shoulders of his fellow cowboy and says, you're sleeping on your your feet like a horse. And that that scene was rendered in Legos out on the web somewhere. And my editor said, my, that's oddly suggestive. And I said, yes, it is. And I said, to link is not to endorse. To link is not to suggest that we authored it. To link is to link. And if we're out in the web and, you know, we could, it wouldn't take but three clicks to get in to nurses, midgets, and donkeys doing things you couldn't talk about in a family newspaper. So it's, it's a different frontier. What are your feelings about bloggers in the food chain of media? I mean, do you see bloggers as influential? Are there any particular bloggers that you look to for, I guess, trends or, or news stories? I think that 
influence is the only metric where blogs really come up roses. Um, in my specific craft, you have Romanesco, who more or less iterates and decides what's important. And his ability to do so comes from the fact that he is fair. He's really fair and really careful, and he doesn't play favorites, and he's just as happy to highlight the work of somebody obscure as somebody important. And so he's established his sort of credibility through executing to a certain standard, his own personal standard, but still. Um, I do think that people in Manhattan media um, very much care what Gawker says about them, that Gawker has an ability to move a story forward and to um, get people talking in ways, you know, that that they otherwise might not discuss. They very much bring sort of new elements into the discussion that you wouldn't find in our coverage of the media or the New York Post coverage of the media. I do, and you know, you have, it's bound to have an impact on the people who are working for large media outlets. I mean, the fact that, that I blog, that I read blogs, probably has uh, a significant impact on the way I approach a column or a news story. What about scoops? Are scoops more important or less important uh, in the age of the blog? Mm, that's a good question, Eric. Well, it, it, I, scoops are more difficult to identify because they ha- happen in sort of an incremental notional process where information is accreted over time, unconfirmed, gradually confirmed, then commented on until it finally gets built into something substantial enough to call a scoop. Is scoop is not like the old days where you ran up the mountain, got a flag down, waved your arms, and, and, and came down the mountain. It just doesn't happen that way anymore. You get little bits and little parts that you end up sort of assembling in a DIY fashion as a consumer, and you might know things ahead of what other people do. I mean, there still are plain old throwdown scoops, but less and less. In January, uh, Malcolm Gladwell wrote the story Naked Truths in the New Yorker magazine, uh, which asserted that there are no mysteries or secrets anymore. Uh, The abundant, unprecedented access to information means that everything's out there, but of course analyzing it and making sense of it is the challenge, and that's some of what I I gleaned from your uh, column on Monday. Um, So at the same time, newspapers are out of favor, and it seems that newspapers with their procedures for editorial oversight are most skilled at analyzing and, and, and framing complex sets of information so that they're relevant to the reader. Why do you think it is that that newspapers uh, are so out of favor and are having such difficulty uh, finding readership uh, if that's the case? I think you're a little confused, Eric. Newspapers have never had a bigger audience than they do now, and I think it's partly because of what you say is the need for iterated, edited uh, content. And I mean... Um, 
news sites are growing, newspaper sites are growing faster than the web as a whole. Now, as a business, as a business, yes, Wall Street doesn't like them. Consumer seems unwilling to pay for a printed copy. But in terms of a need for um, uh, somebody to look at and rigorously analyze coverage, and uh, do so under the guise of a quality brand that people trust. I really don't feel that's going away. The way to fund it may be going away, but um, 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 newspapers have never had a bigger audience than they do now. And I'm not, I'm not saying that reflexively as a defense of, 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 of newspapers. I, I've written as much as anybody about the problems on the business side. But I do find... Especially on, as you say, the issues like of Andy, it's like, am I really going to trust some guy who's been, you know, living in his mom's basement, writing about his cat's leukemia for the last four months to help me decide what to do about whether I should take this synthetic insulin or, you know, who knows? Probably not. Well, I mean, given the... Uh the difficulties in balancing the interests of investors versus the interests of the public with respect to the media and its role in a democracy. Um, can you give us some insight on what newspapers in their current form might look like, uh, you know, 10, 20 years down the road? Well, No, I can't, because I've been wrong about a lot of things um, vis-a-vis the, 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 the last 12 months. is, is This has left me... I mean, today we had a big hiring announcement here. Who did we hire? We hired the guy from TV Newser, okay? Um, that guy's a great writer, and he's obviously wonderfully sourced and a very aggressive reporter. He's an undergrad from Towson, Maryland. So, I think that things have changed here at, at, at the times in ways that we never anticipated. Um, you know what I mean? How that's sort of an inflection point. And yeah, anybody be lucky to have the kind of genius that drove teenage newser, but the idea three years ago that we would ever uh, look at such a thing is, is laughable and and I'm another example of that. I mean, I come from alternative weeklies and never worked at a daily paper in my life. What would ever have them thinking that I was qualified to work for something as uh, serious and as important as the New York Times? I know I feel like a fraud every time I come to work, so I'm surprised they haven't busted me out yet. Given the uh, challenges associated with... Uh uh, the Bancroft family trying to set up some sort of a deal where Murdoch may be able to buy the Wall Street Journal and and, and there could be some editorial independence. Um, uh, partisan politic, politics aside, what's wrong with a conservative paper uh, being owned by conservative leadership? It's beautifully said, Eric. I think, that's, um, I think that that's um, I think that that sort of reflects about, you know, he's he's not one of us, therefore he shouldn't own a paper. It's total BS. I do, however, think that he has demonstrated a habit 
over time of using his media properties to advance the business interests of his organization. And I think it was Ed Wasserman said the other day, um, it isn't that he wants to be the biggest fish in the water, he wants to control the water. Wall Street Journal sort of um, decides, um, keeps score in, in, in the realms of capitalism. And uh, people are worried that somebody who in the past has used the levers of their media outfits to advance their business interests probably shouldn't have such a precious commodity in their hands. And, you know, the bankrupt family can get whatever piece of paper they need to to sign that paper away with some dignity, but don't think Rupert Murdoch ever bought anything and didn't run it. It doesn't matter what that piece of paper says. It's the golden rule. Those that have the gold are spent to make the rules. David Carr, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to speak with you. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the web to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web impacts corporate reputations, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com.